We're talking about the family. You know, we've been in a great series uh, on the Psalm of Ascent. Steve and I were talking about it. Just, we really feel this has been just a prophetic a moment for our church is looking at the different psalms from Psalms 120 to Psalms 134 and just some of the different things that as people were going to the house of God, as they were ascending to the holy hill of God, that these psalms dealt with certain things that were on their heart. You know, the first week we talked about God being our help and then we talked about uh, the songs for the house, learning that, our, that the church of God is that place of peace. And then uh, last week, Pastor Natalie shared on the songs of victory, how awesome was that send you to first? How many have been doing some singing this week, some praising, some establishing, some things in your home? And today we're going to be talking about an area that I think is so dear to God's heart, and I believe it's so dear to our heart, and that is songs for our home, our family. You know, as we get farther into this message, we're going to be talking about um, this is one of the psalms where God literally says that in dealing with your family, He gives you rest and sleep. And I think it's because, I don't know about you, but anything about family and home uh, tends to bring sometimes anxiety. Remember when you, before you got married, maybe some of you are single and you're in this place right now, you have anxiety about who you're going to marry, right? Anybody there? Don't wave your, oh, all right, perfect. My, I have to tell you a funny story of my husband. He was in a giant singles group, and he said everybody would kind of act like they were totally content being single. And so one day, he stood up in front of like 100 or 200 young adult people and said, I really want to get married or something like that, didn't you? To that effect, that you didn't really think singlehood was that great. And he had a whole list of girls that were ready then to marry him that night, but... So don't, but don't try it here. But seriously, you know, there's anxiety, there's, there's worry, there's care about who we're going to marry. And then you get married, and what happens next? Then you have worry and anxiety. Oh, how are we going to do this marriage thing? How am I going to be a good wife? How am I going to be a good husband? And then the kids come, and there's a variety of reasons that we don't get sleep. Some of them just because they keep us awake at night, but also as they get older, you're worrying about them. How are they going to do? Are they going to make it? What's going to happen in their life? And on and on and on. And last, in the last service, and I'm going to do it again here, I want to pray for you before we start. Because sometimes when we do, and I found this, we've done a lot of messages on family over the years. Almost every time we start a message on family, I think one of the immediate things that happens in people's hearts is they immediately go to that part of themselves where they go, oh, I'm not doing very good here. I've already failed as a parent. Maybe my marriage isn't going right. Maybe I'm on marriage two or three there's always this sense of failure and futility and anxiety. And I just want to tell you that I'm going to pray for you right now because God, today, I believe he wants to come and he wants to give you a different picture of the life that he wants to do and the build the family that he wants to build for you that is free of anxiety. But we have to come at it from a different perspective. So would you join with me in prayer right now? And just we're going to lift off. Everybody say, I'm just going to throw off guilt. I'm going to throw off anxiety. I'm going to throw off all the things I didn't do right. And I'm going to hear God's plan. Father, I just thank you for today. I thank you, God, that, Lord, every one of these things as we've walked up the psalm, song, the Psalms of Ascent, and we've been walking up to your house, God, there are things that really, really matter to us. It really matters to us when we need help. It really matters to us what your house looks like. It really matters to us that we have victory. And God, in this area of family, Lord, we really want to have families that please you. We really want to win in this area. And Lord, I pray right now that you're going to just remove, Father, guilt. You're going to allow us to have hearts to hear. Lord, to believe for the second chance, to believe for the miracle that's in this house, four houses, four families. And I thank you for this, Father, in the name of Jesus. Amen. 
Even natural building of houses, there's, uh, there's angst, anxiety about it. Um, I don't know if you've ever watched Home and Garden. I told the first service that I was in the hospital a couple of weeks ago, and I binge-watched HGTV and Christmas movies. There's nothing to get you well like Hallmark movies and uh, a little bit of HGTV, House Hunter, um, Love It or List It, Property Brothers, any HGTV people in the house? And uh, when you watch those programs, there's always a lot of anxiety. What, you know, who, which, which contractor I'm going to pick? I was saying that for Steve and I, there's a show called Love It or List It, and so they come in and they remodel your house, or they find you this brand new house. I would always list it, because I would always want the new house. Steve, on the other hand, would always love it because in his mind, we, we can't afford it anymore. We, gotta just, we can get this perfect, this house that we're in. And so there's anxiety, there's anxiousness, and they're watching it. And you're just watching this natural show about people doing natural things in their houses, and yet they, they lose sleep over it. What kind of, which room are I going to put in? They start doing some remodeling, and they bang into a wall, and they discover there's a weird pipe there they've got to take care of, and it's crazy. Anybody ever doing some remodeling in your house, and you've had those kind of situations happen? The surprises? Well, you know, it's like that in the natural, but it's very much like that in the spiritual, that when we get ready to build our house, to build our family, that there's things that come up that we weren't expecting. We have things from our past. We have things in our mindset. We have things from how we were raised. And sometimes with the best intentions, it doesn't go exactly like we planned. But you know, in these Psalms, Psalms 127 and 128, God really puts a pattern here for building the house that he wants to build you. And I want to tell you something just from the offset. God wants to build you a house. God wants not, I'm not talking about stone and brick and a colonial or a, a ranch house. God wants to build you a legacy. He wants to build you a lasting house from generation to generation of people that are, that are loving him, that have found the purpose of God and they're coming out from your family and he is able to do it. This particular Psalm, Psalms 127, was actually written by Solomon. How many have heard of King Solomon? Um, he was a very wise man. He was the son of David. And David, it's very interesting because in uh, in Psalms, um, let me find this Psalm here. I think it was, actually it was in 1 Samuel. God promised David that he was going to build him a house. And David just was rejoicing in that. God said, I'm going to build you a house and it's going to last for generations. Many of us know that his house actually has gone on and it's actually the, the house that Jesus came out of. And so God did intend and build him a beautiful house. But Solomon watched the house that God built for his father. And yet he, he started his life in blessing. He started his life knowing the will of God and full of the fear of God and praying the right kind of prayers. But sadly, Solomon kind of ended his life without a very good house built. He gave his, his heart to many women and he lost the fear of the Lord. And when you read some of his latter writings, like the book of, of Ecclesiastes, his, his basic phrase was this, vanity, vanity, everything's vanity. What does it mean? Empty, empty, everything's empty. That's not the, the motto that we want to have from our family. You know, some of you sitting in this room may have experienced that. Maybe you went through a marriage and you went into it with great anticipation and great joy and great hope, and all of a sudden it didn't happen the way you expected, and you were left with, with vanity, you're left with emptiness. Maybe, maybe you're in the middle of that right now, but you know, God's will for us is not that we live with vain, empty frustration, but that the blessing of God comes upon our homes and comes upon our family, that we might have that. Now, there's, there's a statement that I want to make about this, that it, and this is what it is. It all comes down to this. We must make a decision on the designer and builder of our house. 
Let me read that again. It all comes down to this. We must make a decision on the designer and builder of our house. Way more important than if you pick, you know, HGTV or if you're going to build a house and you pick a contractor. You and I have a decision to make on who we are going to go to to be the designer and the builder of the house that God wants to build for us. If we build according to God's pattern and we choose his way, we have this beautiful, blessed life. Otherwise, what are we left with? We're left with vanity. We're left with emptiness. There's an interesting uh, version of this motto that was uh, done in Latin, and it was, it's actually the, the motto for the city of Edinburgh. And it basically says that if the, without God, frustration. Unless the Lord builds the house, they labor in vain. And, in, and they had this motto, without God, frustration. When you and I try to build our house on our own pattern, on our own foundations, what happens? We end up with basically dust in the wind. We end up with futility, and that's the frustration, and it brings anxiety, and it brings sorrow. And the, the worst thing that it brings is it, allows, it doesn't allow the peace and the prosperity that God wants to send out into our nation, into our cities, into our culture, and even into your own family. It causes that not to be able to prosper. That's not what we want. And so I don't want to be like, uh, I don't want to be self-smart. I don't want to choose vanity. I want to go and I want to say, God, I want you to be the master builder of my house. I want a life that's blessed. I don't want to live with emptiness and futility. And so to do that, I have to identify with the plan and the pattern that God had for my family. I'm going to give you kind of about a five to ten minute, just a brief, uh, kind of a brief synopsis of God's plan for your family, God's plan for your life. And it's outlined here in Psalms 127 and 128. And, and we're we're going to talk about it and look and see. And by the end of this message, I believe that every one of us is going to be able to make that decision and say, God, I want the house that you have chosen for me. Let me just say this as I start out. There is, no matter where you're at, there is, there is no problem too big that God can't solve it. There's no family situation that God can't heal. And God wants to do that for us. Amen? Let me just give you a, a brief definition of what it means to have a blessed family. There's a, a quote by a famous pastor by the name of Charles Spurgeon. How many have heard of Spurgeon? And uh, the, the language is a little old-fashioned, but the message is powerful. This is what it means. This is the picture of the house that God wants to build for you. Happy shalt thou be, or oh, thy happinesses. Heaped up happinesses, in the plural, belong to that man who fears the Lord. He is happy, and he shall be happy in a thousand ways. I want you to think about that. Happy in a thousand ways. The context leads us to expect family happiness. Our God is our household God. The Romans had household gods, idols like Laras and Penitus, but we have far more than they in the one only living and true God. And it shall be well with thee or good for thee. Yes, good is for thy good. I want you to say with me, God wants me blessed. God wants to heap happiness on me. Now let me give you, a, give you a message. It may not be the happiness that the world promises. I'm not promising you an 82-inch, you know, Thanksgiving, Black Friday day uh, TV. I'm not promising you those. But I'm, what I'm promising you is the true happiness, the things that come in and really last for eternity. You know, a lot of things you're not going to be able to take with you when you cross over. But the thing you can take over is that legacy, that inheritance that we're going to talk about where your children and your children's children are pursuing the things of God and they're making a difference in this, in this life and in this planet. And God's will is being accomplished. That transfers. And that's the kind of inheritance that God wants to give us. 
That's the kind of house that God wants to build each of you. And so we make that decision. It's interesting because when we go to the first uh, chapter there, Psalms 127, God has the plan and he is the, the master builder, but we have a part. I want to just read those first verses. If you can go to Psalms 127 with me, guys, up there. Let me pop it up. Unless the Lord builds the house, the work of the builders is wasted. The Lord works, we have a work. Unless the Lord protects a city, guarding it with sentries will do no good. God will guard your house, but you have a responsibility too. It is useless or vain for you to work so hard from early morning till late at night, anxiously working for food to eat, for God gives rest to his loved ones. I want to I want to stop here for a minute as I go into the pattern. When I was praying for this message, I really felt God speak to me because I've been hearing a lot in our society and even in our own church of a lot of anxiety among women, men, just 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 anxiety about your family. Anxiety about your kids, anxiety about your marriage, anxiety about maybe prodigals that you have, and anxiousness. And you know, one of the things that I think, like I said as I started this message, sometimes when we start talking about family, we feel like we're already a day late and a dollar short. We already feel like we fail. We already feel like we're kind of left behind. And yet this verse, and here it says, for God gives rest to his loved ones. King James actually says, he gives his beloved sleep. I want to speak a word to you this morning. You are loved of God. You are his beloved. He loves you. He has a plan for your family. He longs to build your house for you. Not from a place, he isn't looking at you and going, you're already a mess. You can't even get there from here. He's looking at you and saying, you're my beloved. I want to give you rest. And as we look at the pattern, when you and I grab hold and agree with the pattern that God has for our family, there's a rest that begins to come to your soul. There's a peace that begins to come to your spirit. There's a sense of, of, of we can get there from here. We're on a journey and it's beautiful. And before we get done today, I'm gonna pray over you because God wants to break that spirit of anxiety. God wants to break that spirit of futility, that feeling of vanity. God wants to break that spirit that comes and says, you know, my ancestors or my, my parents were this or that and that's gonna repeat. No, God wants to break that and start a brand new chain of life and bless, blessing and fruitfulness out of your life and out of your family. Isn't that good news? But see, we have to come at it with a different spirit. And as these pilgrims would walk up to the house of God, I'm sure they had anxiousness. You know, I remember as a parent, I have, we had four kids. Now we have five, we have George, so we get to be anxious again. No, just kidding, we're not anxious again. But I remember times where I was worried about one of my kids. Maybe I was praying there was something that we were believing for for them, or there was something they were struggling with. And you know, you'd go to bed. And I remember sometimes you just, you know, you'd be, I'd be crying or I'd be praying and feel that anxiety. And I had to go to God till I got a word from God about that child, a word for his plan for them that I could go to war with. And I think as they were walking up these, these hills and they're singing, they're beginning to sing, unless the Lord builds the house. They labor in vain that build it. Unless the Lord keep the city, the watchmen are vain. It is vain to rise up early, to sit up late, eat the bread of sorrows. For so he giveth his beloved sleep. One of our friends, I think it was Wendell Smith, wrote that. You're singing. 
You're dreaming about your family. God, if you don't get me, if you don't build this house, it ain't gonna get built. If you don't watch my city, oh, it's not gonna be watched. But when you are in my house, there's life and blessing forever. You get singing. You start getting those songs and you begin to have a, a different spirit begin to come in and the anxiety begins to run away. You fall, you put your head on your pillow and you go, yeah, I can rest tonight because God's got this. Some of you need to know God's got this. Some of you got prodigals out there, God's got it. As you pray, as you agree, you call them in. You know, sometimes you gotta go to war. You gotta tell the devil, you don't get my kids. You don't get my grandkids. And you go to war, but you go to war not from a place of your own strength, but because you understand that you have identified and you have come into agreement with the very plan of God. Now let's look at that plan. I love this part because God gives us a beautiful picture. The first is, what is that blessed man, that father? I want to give you some good news, guys. I want to say this to all the men in the house. God is really on your side. His call on your life is to be a faithful worker and to be a faithful warrior. And he has called you. And I, you know, I was speaking in the first service that it really actually offends me that our culture has so demeaned men, has so emasculated the beauty of what it means to see a man that will go out and work and, and slave away and work for his family and bring home a paycheck and love his wife and love his kids that he will be that warrior that guards and we wanna create men into some kind of this, I don't know, this picture that isn't even a man. And I wanna tell you, girly men or whatever, but I wanna tell you, God is for you men. And as you fear the Lord, God will put a song in your heart and God will put a plan and a purpose in you so that you can lead your family and you can look at that design. God, what do you want for our family? And as you begin to see that and you begin to move toward that, God begins to come in agreement with that and you begin to see that plan. You know, I remember when I met, you know, Mr. Steve Schmelzer and I was praying for that, that maid and I knew when I, when I met him, he was very clear that he had the call of God and we were going to pastor and if I was going to be that girl that was going to come alongside of him, that I had to have that same passion. And I remember how awesome it was to join hands. I remember our wedding. I remember the years and it has been a joy to walk by the side of this man who has led our family faithfully as a hard worker and a warrior. And that's the beauty God has. And I want to speak to you men. Don't let the enemy cause your face to fall down. Don't let the enemy make you feel less. You are called of God. You may be college educated. You may have a trade. You may be in ministry. You may be in law. You may be in business. Whatever that is that God has given you to do and to be, live in that with peace and with joy. And that will begin to set and establish the pattern for your family and begin to build the house that God has for you. I want to read this quote again from Charles Spurgeon, and I think it's beautiful. This is what God's view is, men, on the job that you do as hard workers. It says, in God's view, it would not be a blessed thing for us to live without exertion, nor to eat the unearned bread of dependence. The happiest state on earth, and I love this, is one in which we have something to do, strength to do it with, and a fair return for what we have done. This, with the divine blessing, is all that we ought to desire, and it is sufficient for any man who fears the Lord and abhors covetousness. Having food and raiment, let us be content. This was when I had to learn. My family, I came from a family that was a little more um, affluent, and when we got married, we didn't have, Steve always says, I gave you the one thing money couldn't buy, poverty. And um, so... 
Um, and I thought it was kind of a, you've heard me tell this story, but I actually thought it was kind of like a fairy tale because I really had never been poor. So to me, it was kind of like, I felt like I was playing Cinderella. Oh, this is cool. We don't have very much food. We don't have heat. We don't have, and so it was kind of a, an adventure. It's serious. That's kind of my personality. Um, not anymore, but um, <laughs> it was good while it lasted, right, babe? But, but seriously, um, I just want to tell you, when you get married, you know, women, I just, I want to encourage you, applaud that man. Thank him. Thank him for the provision that he provides. Thank him for the, the way that he loves you and the way he provides for your family. And if he's not doing it, call it in with prayer. Pray for that man. Because our men need to know that we're on their side, our husbands and our fathers. This, this nation needs the men of God to be able to stand up with their head held high and go, you know what? It's pretty cool when I have something to do and I have the strength to do it with and I have the fair return for what I have done. That's our fathers. Family is beautiful. You know, our society doesn't look at children the way God does. God says our children are an inheritance. God says our children are a reward. God says our children are arrows and they're fruitful olive trees around our table that are gonna give us multi-generations. That's what I see when I looked at my children, at Jacob and Natalie and Gino and Johnny and now George. They're arrows being formed. They have, they have multiple, they have gifts and call on their life. They're the inheritance. They're the treasure. You know, you can, take, you can take anything away from me. You touch my kids. You might not like what you see. You know why? Because they're the treasure that I was given. And Pastor Steve, we were given our kids as they're, they're our inheritance. They matter. And your children matter. And the children of this nation matter. And see, God has a plan. And when we identify with God's plan, there's a blessing on a nation. But when we look at children as castaways, and we look at children as nuisances, and we look at children as things that we can actually just abort away, we are, we are, it's a travesty against the plan and the purpose of God. And we wonder why our nation gets left, why we get, why we get dust in the wind. See, blessing comes when you love what God loves. Blessing comes when you appreciate what God appreciates and you look at it and say, that's real value. You know, we had, my kids, we laugh about our vacations and the poverty, you know, they would have to ask, can we have a, a fruit roll? I mean, we were really poor in the early days. And, you know, I remember Jake and Natalie, they would talk about how they'd go, should we ask for the fruit roll up or not? You know, we're gonna get, I mean, we were really poor, it was true. But you know what? They did awesome because there was love and there was joy. And now they can have all the fruit roll-ups they want and they don't eat them because they're not healthy. But, you know, <laughs> but I'm just telling you, a little, the Bible says a little in the house where there's contentment is better than a feast where there's, where there's fighting and hatred. Man, appreciate what you have, where you have it, and let God blow on it and bless it and multiply it. And you will see the blessing of God. That wife is a fruitful vine in the house. Let me just tell you, she's not just barefoot and pregnant in there. Okay, I'm kind of teasing. But she, the, the fruitful vine, if you want to see a description of her, read Proverbs 31. See, the woman of God that is blessed by that husband and is raising those kids, she has an ability to see and to do the things that God has called her to do. She's fruitful. She's fruitful in the, in the home. She's fruitful in the business room. She's fruitful forever. God has called her to be. But there's a blessing and a joy that comes in that home. You know, I can tell you, I love Pastor Steve and I, when we drive up to our house, it is, there is no place on earth I'd rather be than home. I love vacation, I love that, but when we drive up, we both, the minute we turn the key in the door, we both go, ah, 
because that home is peaceful because it's the place that's blessed of God. Our children are blessed. Our grandchildren are blessed. When we had a dog, he was blessed. We don't have a dog anymore. But God's blessing is there. Let me tell you this. That's what God wants for you. He wants your home to be crowned with peace because, see, once you have that father that's ruling and reigning as that working warrior, and you have those children that have been, that have been trained to walk in the ways of God and that wife as that fruitful one. And if you don't have a wife or you're single, then this is what you're building for, guys. This is why you're waiting on God. This is why you're not getting involved in a lot of immorality. And this is why you're not doing stupid things, but you're building your life so that when you get married, you actually have, you're somebody to be joined to because you want to do something. See, we don't need any more broken families. We don't need any more brokenness in our nation. We need people that are going to go, God, I'm going to do it your way. And I'm going to love you and I'm going to do my best. And maybe you failed. Maybe you're in marriage number four. That's okay. Just give it to God and say, this time, I'm going to surrender and I'm going to do it your way. And God will build you a life. And he will build you a house. And he will build you a family that is blessed. And what happens then? There's an inheritance. There's an inheritance that comes that is, that is for you and for the future generations that comes because of the house that God has built you. And it begins to bless. And the powerful thing with that is then that blessing begins to shoot out into the city. It begins to shoot out into the nation. It begins to shoot out into the nations of the earth because you have dared to be that person that allowed God to build you a house. A couple of weeks ago, I don't know if you remember when Pastor Steve preached the message on Jerusalem being a a city that's compact together and that literally peace was like shot out, like bolts out of that city. When you and I allow God to build our families the way God has called us to build them and we trust him and we let the anxiety go away, we let him give us that rest as we cooperate with him. When we do that, we become like little building blocks in that city, and we we become that beautiful heavenly Jerusalem, and guess what happens? We shoot peace out into our society. We shoot peace out into our nation. Do you think our nation needs peace? I believe it. Listen to this quote. The strength of any city lies in its strong family life. The true strength of the family issues from its ordering in the fear of the Lord. This psalm ends with the happy, confident declaration that when you fear the Lord, there's a blessing that's on your house. Let me just tell you this. God wants to bless you. He wants to bless you in your family. He wants to bless you in the workplace. He wants to bless your generation. He wants to bless the next generations. But it's not just for you, and it's not just for me. It's because without us identifying with the plan and purpose of God and letting him build us a house, our our nation our nation is, is left desolate. Our cities are left desolate. You and I and the families that we built and the choices that we make are really the hope of our society. And as I, I pray for you, as we kind of get ready to land this plane, I told you earlier as I was praying, I really feel that the enemy has come in against, especially, I mean, it comes, I think, all families, Christian or non-Christians, but especially for us as Christians many times, we get so hit with what we're not doing right that it kind of, we, we kind of get silenced. 
You know, I'd felt recently that I just had gone through some situations and, and I had just let the, the enemy silence me. And I, I just said, no, no way, devil. There's too much that needs to be said. You have a voice that God wants to use to speak prophetically into your families, into your workplaces, to help people build strong families. But you have to jump out of that anxiety and kind of that sense of, I, I've got to be perfect before I can do it. Guess when you're going to be perfect? It's not going to happen. So if you wait till you have it all together and you go, okay, now my family's great, now I can do something, you'll miss it. Do you know that God is in the midst of the mess? And sometimes it's in our messiest places in our families, the places that we think we're the most broken, that we don't want to share with anybody because we're embarrassed. Sometimes we're actually willing to share, you know what, this is where I'm at or this is where I was, and this is what God is doing or did. Do you know it brings hope and it gives people that reality to know you're, you're with them, you're, you're able to kind of get in there with them and, and dig in and watch God do something powerful in their family. Don't wait till you think you've got it all together. Let God come into the midst of your mess. Let God come into the midst of your anxiety. Moms, those of you that are anxious about your kids, get a song in the night. Begin to pray over your kids. Begin to walk through the rooms and sing songs over their rooms of, of life and peace. Dads, when you're frustrated about your, maybe your finances or different things, begin to get a song. Begin to cry out to God and go, you are the God of me. You have my back. You want to prosper me. Begin to prophetically speak and let God turn your captivity as a family, you have the ability because these verses give it to you that when you fear the Lord, you can claim and stand fast in the blessing of God that makes rich and adds no sorrow with it. But you got to open your mouth like we talked about last week and begin to sing those songs of victory. Begin to cry out against the brokenness and begin to say, God, if I, if you will, if you will, if I will cooperate with you, I know you're going to build the house for me. You're going to build my house. Amen. I want to pause for a minute. I know in a room like this, and I know just because I believe God spoke to me, I think that there's been, how many would just be honest with me? Maybe you've had a little bit of anxiety about your family. Okay. A lot of hands. We're not alone. God, God's here to meet you. You're his beloved. He doesn't look at you as a day late and a dollar short and he wishes you just get it together. He says, just come on, just cooperate with me. We got, we got this. God wants to sing a song over your family and then he wants you to sing it with him. A song of victory, a song of life. He wants you to dream. You know, I remember being a mom, a young mom, and Steve and I, and I was pregnant, we laid hands on the belly and we said, God, may our kids hunger and thirst after you. We cried out for that. They do. Now we're crying out for, for our grandkids. What do you want? What do you want? What kind of house do you want? What do you want your kids to do? What do you want your grandkids to do? What do you want to do? Dream a little bit. You got a God that's for you. You want to be a really good postman? Awesome. Be the best postman that ever hit. We just watched, quick, quick clip, watch the, go watch the Fred Rogers movie. You will weep. 
because a man was willing to say, I'm just gonna be Mr. Rogers. I'm just gonna give my life to do what I was put on this earth for. I found my dream. I'm just gonna love people. I'm gonna heal them. I'm gonna sing silly songs. You are the people in the neighborhood and a nation is gonna find peace. Don't let the devil rob you because you think you're not good enough or you already failed. He's for you. Can you lift your hands with me right now? God just wants to pour out peace. First, he wants to just shoot you with peace. Take that anxiety away and then, guess what? Once we're full of peace, we're gonna do that for our nation. We're gonna do that for this city. Medford hasn't seen anything yet. Because as we as people begin to cry out for peace, just begin to let that song rise. God, bring your peace. Bring your peace on your people, God. Oh, you want to build a house. You want to build a house. Oh, in every home, you want to build a house. Bring your peace. Bring your peace. Right now, we tell anxiety you go away. We tell fear go away. We tell discouragement you gotta flee. We say enemy you gotta go. Cause God is on our side. He's building a house. He's building a house. Oh, he's building my house. Say that with me, he's building my house. He's building my house. The house of Schmelzer, the house of Amon, the house of Martinez, what is your name? Say out your name, the house of West. Oh, he's building a house. He's building a house. Oh, God, when you build, we don't have to fear. You give us peace. You give us sleep. You give us rest. Oh, God. Thank you, Jesus. God, I pray that you would go into the recesses of our heart, God. Those places of, 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 of even secret fear and secret, secret worry, God, and that you would just knock out the enemy, God. You would come in and your dream would settle there. God, I pray that across this congregation today, husbands and wives are going to have conversations. They're going to start planning. They're going to start writing out a mission statement. This is what our house is going to look like. We're going to be a house of peace. We're going to be a house of life. God, I thank you for that. God, I pray for marriages that you would heal, that you would cause love to flow, that you would repair the breach, God. Lord, I pray for singles that have, have not seen a godly family, that you would put a dream in their heart, that it's worth it. You can have a house that God builds. God, let that be so deep in the culture of this church. God, it already is. This is a church of family. Oh, God, do that work. We just bind the enemy. Satan, you don't get to destroy anymore. You don't get to destroy anymore. Our God has come up. He rises up in victory. And when he calls blessed, is blessed. What he calls whole is whole. What he calls healed is healed. God, I thank you. I know of miracles in this house already. And God, you're going to do more. God, I pray. We just speak that there is going to be a miracle of restoration that's going to come through this house in the area of marriages. God, families are going to be repaired. Thank you, Jesus. Wow, right now, there's a lot of you in this room that you never met Jesus. And I want to give you an invitation, all of you right now. Today is the day of salvation. Every one of you, if you're in this house and you don't know Jesus yet, and he hasn't become part of your life, you haven't received him as your Savior, or maybe you did when he was younger, today is the day of salvation for every one of you. I want you just to close your eyes right now, and if that's you, 
please raise your hand all over this place. God wants to save you. He wants to rescue you. He wants to give you a family. Can I see it right now? Every one of you, you're here. I know you're here. You want to receive Jesus. Right now, God wants to save you. Don't wait. Don't wait. Today's the day of salvation. Don't wait. Don't give one more inch to the devil. Don't give one more, one more minute to the enemy ravaging your life. Right now, in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Every one of you that's come in this place. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Our prayer team's gonna come up. Allie's gonna come up here in a minute. Please, man, if something's bothering you today, come up. If you need prayer for your family, don't go out of here the same way. Get, get a prayer, get a Holy Ghost prayer. Man, you gotta go out of here. Our world, it, it's out there. It's like, it's like a fog that will just suck the life out of you. You gotta have something inside of you that says, God, I'm gonna see that house that you built for me come. And as you cry out for it, let me just tell you, it will come with hard work. And it won't be the easiest thing, but it will be so blessed. Heaps of happiness and blessing piled on you. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Just lift your hands one more minute. Allie's gonna come. I just wanna pray a blessing on you. God bless right now. Bless every person in this house. Bless them in their houses. Bless them when they go in, when they go out. God, I speak dreams, God. I speak fresh dreams and visions on the home. God, we call in prodigals, God. Lord, lost kids, we call them in, God, today. Father, there's nothing too hard for you. God, we just break that spirit of futility. No vanity in the house of God, but blessing upon blessing in the name of Jesus.